Hey there, if you are currently living paycheck to paycheck in your travel business because you don't know where your next client is going to come from, you likely have one of two problems, maybe even both, a traffic problem and a conversion problem. You see, a traffic problem refers to the amount of people coming to your website to learn more about working with you which means that the conversion problem is when your website isn't turning your website visitors into email subscribers, appointments, or paying clients. If you have a traffic and or conversion problem, your travel business is not going to survive. And that's not okay. And guess who is very much to blame? Your website. You see, a high converting website in the travel industry should be turning website visitors into paying clients with ease. If your website is not doing that, it is failing you. But there is a solution. Introducing Website in a Weekend, a transformative two-day virtual workshop tailor-made for travel professionals just like you. Arrive with nothing, leave with a breathtaking, high-converting website. Yep, just in a weekend. You'll equip yourself with a crystal clear core message, a stunning visual brand, content crafted with high converting frameworks and so much more. Early bird alert, sign up by September 20th and get your website copy written for you by my team. Plus, I will personally pick, pay for and place premium images on your website. Dates, mark your calendar, October 27th and 28th. Y'all, October 28th is my wedding anniversary. Show up. I'll be there for you. It'll literally change your business. Still unsure? Just ask Lisa. She transformed her website from meh into magnificent. And she says, it was worth every penny. My site now speaks to those that I want to work with. I highly recommend it. Or ask Patty, who says, all thanks to you and your team, Sandra, I get so many compliments and new clients. I'm actually having a hard time keeping up with all the new bookings. So why wait? Elevate your online presence, attract ideal clients, and say goodbye to your website woes. Ready to soar? Join Website in a Weekend and let's make magic together. Head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash website to learn more and book your spot. That's travelmarketingandmedia.com slash website. I'll see you there. So this episode is going to really resonate with parents or anyone basically who takes care of a family. You don't even have to be a parent to do that. And it's not that it's not going to be good for everybody else. You're definitely going to find some great gems in here, but we really did dive into what it's like to have to juggle your business. So whether it's a fur baby or a living, breathing child or just other people in your family that you have to care for, we talk a lot about this. My guest on today's episode is Amy Little. Now, Amy is a travel advisor from Cobblestones and Cafes. She's the owner and travel advisor there, and she is in Roswell, Georgia. And I've had the privilege of actually traveling with Amy. Amy attended, um, participated on one of our fan trips in 2022, and she came out and did marketing masterclass on the river. And it was amazing because it was our first river cruise together. And I think it was my first river cruise ever. And I think it might've been Amy's as well. And we got to spend time together. Um, we sailed on the Amasiena. We had a photo shoot in Amsterdam together. And so it was really nice to catch up with her today and talk about 
balancing parenting, balancing a busy schedule, not just about being parents, but a busy schedule outside of your business. We also talked about her journey with planning fees as well. So if planning fees is something that you want to be better at or even just start. And we talked about her recent media win. Amy got featured in a magazine and she tells us all how it happened and what happened because of that. So enjoy this interview and hopefully you'll take something away. It might be a strategy or a tactic or just just knowing that you're not the only one from Amy's interview. I'll see you on the inside. So in today's episode, it's another special one because I have a guest and I love having guests. Y'all know that I did not have guests for the longest time and I went through my little book and do not be offended if you were not called to be a guest because there are just literally tens of thousands of you in our community. But I did ask my team to reach out to a couple of travel advisors that I've known for a minute and one is Amy. And so Amy is what is our guest today. And there are a couple of reasons why I asked Amy to come on. And she probably, when she got the request, was like, why would she want to talk to me? But there's so many reasons. I want Amy to share her experience um, starting and scaling her travel business as a parent uh, and as a wife. I think that that's something that we don't talk about very often. I want to celebrate her recent media win and to share that. And then also, if we have time and if we don't have time for this, we'll bring her back. Um, but to share her journey to towards charging fees. So Amy, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Ditto, ditto. Firstly, start by telling us the, tell us about um, what did you do before you joined the travel industry? Like what were you working? Did you have a career? What were you doing before then? I did. I had a very busy career. I was a fashion merchandiser and manager for a very large retail company for a long time. Um, and I was in charge of uh, merchandising multiple stores. And because of my husband's job, we moved all over the country. So I had the pleasure of being in, in LA, Minnesota, Miami, Tampa, Houston, and meeting some very high profile um, merchandisers in the industry. Oh my God. That's so are you the reason why I walk into a store and I love everything immediately because of all the way it's laid out and I go in for one thing and buy five things? Exactly. And I helped write a manual to guide associates and store employees on how to display things. So I partnered with the team in corporate office. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. Um, sorry about that. This is real live podcasting when your phone goes off because somebody has moved your iPad in your house. And um, so that's awesome. But that had nothing to do with travel. Not at all. How did you get into the travel industry then? So we loved traveling as a family. I first got the a big travel bug when I went to Europe in high school with my French teacher. That's the only reason I took French. Um, and I absolutely loved it. And then when I got married, of course, I was married, you know, at 22. My husband got married uh, young and we also traveled and we tried to do one international trip per year. So shortly after that, I started, I guess it was a blog back then. It was about fashion and travel. And a lot of my family or friends would contact me and they're like, hey, we're going here. Do you have any advice? Or especially since you've lived over the country, you know, we're going here, whatever, and kind of help plan them their trip. And so we, uh, my husband's job transferred us here to Georgia and I was, you know, with our real estate agent, sometimes 12 hours a day driving around looking for homes because we only had a short amount of time to purchase a house. Yeah. You, you know, then you start talking about anything and everything when you're in the car. And I was telling her about my blog and I said, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do here. If I'm going to stay in the fashion industry or branch out. And she goes, why don't you become a travel agent? My in-laws do it. They're retired and they love it. And I was like, what? 
And so I started searching it and interviewing host companies and I joined the current, the host I'm with right now. I've been with them 11 years and um, that's how I started my travel business. And then eventually I got out of the retail fashion industry and, and full-time travel. Oh my gosh. It, so it was literally, gosh, it was literally a conversation with your realtor in the car. And I hate those conversations. It's like hairdresser conversations. It's always like small talk, but look. Right. Gave me your career. Gave me my career. Absolutely. Yes. Gosh. And I love the name of your business. For um, those of you who didn't catch it in the intro, it's Cobblestones and Cafe Travel. How did you get there? That was a long road. I'm not going to lie. So I did not start a long cobblestone road. It was definitely a long cobblestone bumpy road. Um, I didn't start with that name. Um, when I first started, I had to come up with a name quickly because, you know, I have to get business license and all the, the boring stuff behind the scenes. So I just had a, a generic name. Well, then when social media started coming out more, you know, you wanted to grab all your handles. I was like, this isn't working for me. I have to change my name. Plus, I had also changed what I was booking, you know, destinations that I was specializing in, the types of clients I was looking for. And so for several years, my husband and I had this like little board that I would brainstorm names and ideas from. And um, finally, one day it just hit me and I was like, this is. Because my, I, oddly enough, would take pictures of cobblestone streets or cafes everywhere we've traveled in the world. And we were looking through photo album one day with the kids. And my husband's like, why do you always take pictures of the street? And I was like, well, I like the cobblestones. And then that's kind of how we just all of a sudden, it was like a light bulb went off. That needs to be the name of my business. And so that's how we came up with the cobblestones and cafes. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. And it gives you such a visual, especially if you are like you and I, and you and I have traveled to Europe together before, yes, and we can talk more about that later, but we, um, I, that is something when I think of cobblestones, I don't think of anywhere else in the world, even though cobblestone streets are in South America and Africa and all these other places, I just think of Europe. And then the cafes, I think of first, my mind goes to Paris, but then of course, yeah. right across Europe. So I, I think with your business name, it definitely evokes, it's got a vibe to it and it's got a feeling to it before people even know about you. So what kind of travel, what kind of travel did you start booking when you first started and has that changed? It's changed a little bit. So when I first started, I really specialized in destination weddings and honeymoons. That's what I love to book. Um, I did several fam trips for destination weddings, learning. I mean, I remember sitting in a class with the supplier, learning how they pick out their chairs, colors. We tasted food. I mean, you name it. It was full behind the scenes, like full wedding experience. But, you know, as people get married and then they go on honeymoons, now they have anniversaries, baby moons, celebrations, more family. It kind of spins off from there. So then over the years, also but referral amounts from clients or friends, um, you know, I would get different requests coming in. My heart's always been in Europe. I love going to Europe. I hope to have another a second home there one day or move there possibly. Um, we're there at least once a year if we can. Um, so definitely over the years, I focused more on Europe. I still do destination weddings and honeymoons and anniversaries, obviously. But my main customer base is now Europe. And out of Europe, Paris is my number one requested destination. Oh, oh so nice. What? Um, and we were talking just before we started recording today that um, you have so many guests, in, so many clients, sorry, in Europe this summer that you're, yes. you can wrangle it trying to figure out how to get over there yes absolutely <laughs> i need to go oh my god assist on my clients <laughs> how amazing how wonderful and if anyone is listening that well everyone's listening but if anyone is listening thinking 
I would love to do that. Make that your goal. Say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to be like Amy and I'm going to book so many people to Paris that it makes sense. It makes business sense. Like you can almost validate your argument for me to go and live there for the summer, for me to be around. And it's not that you're going to be in and out of all of their plans. It's just right. like, a, you, didn't you say that some of them have never left the country before? I have three. That's their first international trip. Yeah. And then oh uh, two of them are doing London and Paris because they're going to Wimbledon, but they're starting in Paris. So oddly enough, I have several that are all there on the same date. You know, wow. Every time I'm leaving the United States. You can't follow them to London because that's kind of creepy, but like, yeah. <laughs> honey, it's me on the train. Hi, it's me and you're in London hotel. Absolutely. I love that so much. What a, what a great business goal for, for our listeners that if you really love a destination so much and you find yourself specializing in it or booking it, why not base yourself out there a month or two if you're if you, your business will allow it then why not that's such a good goal um you let's talk about oh before we switch uh switch gears who is your ideal client who do you love to book oh goodness i know i should have an ideal client i've done all the you know things but honestly i love families it's and it, and when i say families everybody always thinks mom dad and young kids that's yeah. not always the case. Oddly enough, I do a lot of adult with their parents mm-hmm. and then they're leaving their kids at home or sometimes, you know, they'll have everybody. So it's multi-gen, but I love when I can send a family on a trip, you know, mom and dad, who's the grandma and grandpa or whatever, or mom and dad and young kid to have that time away from each other where they're there together in a completely different environment. And they're making the most creative memories that they'll just have for the forever for the rest of their lives so that's not something that they can get here at home mm. you know you create those by traveling so families I absolutely love no matter what age they are because my family is precious to me so when I'm giving another family a chance to go and create memories and have time together that just makes all my long painful hours or whatever I you know how long it takes to book the trip worth every minute of my time so good and I've seen so many pictures of your girls you have two girls right I do. I do. So many pictures of your girls traveling and I just, mm-hmm. I can't help but think that, and because I know it from my own experience, my life experience, but it really is helping to shape them into who they were already going to be, but a better version of themselves. Yeah. My girls love traveling. They've both been traveling since they were born. Um, they know how to read a map, go through the airport, check the bags. And now this is sad to say, but they know when we go places, we have a shot list and a note, <laughs> a note. When we travel, because you never know when we need to take a note or a photo or B-roll of something to have it ready for our marketing or for my... You know what? It's not sad at all. The minute that I can get Houston taking B-roll, I'm all here for it. Right now, he's taking photographs. He started taking... We learned how to take... Yeah, he's been taking photographs for about six months. In the beginning, they were very questionable photographs and we had to talk about only taking photographs if people know it's okay and mm-hmm. um like but slowly but surely he's now got the whole body in the shot and less and worry so we're working towards it. um tell me recently you got a feature article written in a magazine about your business and i'm divinely excited about this because getting media as you know and everybody listening knows is hard it's not mm-hmm. easy but it's also very very possible so tell us what you, well, you can, however you want to do it, start with how it happened or tell us what you got and then how it happened either way. Yeah. So um, the company reached out. They had um, interviewed my friend who owns a coffee roasting business 
It's really cool. It's travel themed as well. So she has a really fun shop here in Georgia. Um, and, you know, they're always looking for different um, unique businesses or, um, you know, boutiques or something. And so, and they got on the discussion of travel because her coffee business is a travel theme. Um, and so she's like, well, I have the perfect candidate if you need an interview for a travel agent. And they were like, oh, well, we haven't thought about doing a travel piece. So they reached out and were like, you know, would you be interested in explaining like what it's like to be a travel agent and how it works? So I did an interview with them and um, submitted different questions and photos. Um, and so, yeah, then they published it online and they're sending me print copies as well. So, oh my gosh, that is so great. And I think it's not just great for your business to receive that, you know, that, um, that awareness in the community or that promotion in the community, but it's also really great that they were so interested in what a travel advisor does and how that role works and how it can help people because not only is it good marketing therapy but like i said it's really good educational content for people to be like oh wow i was telling someone yesterday that my parents are using a travel advisor for the very first time this month they had a meeting with a travel advisor i cannot understand why they did 18 hours of prep before they went in they had like train times and i was like that's not how it works but they, right. they don't care. They just did it. And then the travel advisor told them that's how it works. And they were like, okay, well, you can do it next time. We just thought we'd do it for you this time. <laughs> but, but they had no idea how a travel advisor worked. And when they saw us talking about calling Melissa, they were like, oh, we'll just call her and pay the planning fee. And then they asked us, what's a planning fee? We told them, oh, we just pay one time. It's a couple hundred bucks. And she takes care of everything. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, so did she send you stuff? And we said, no, she puts it in an app. Well, how does that work? Well, you just show up, dad. He's like, okay. And so it's really mind-blowing for me that a lot of people still don't know about the role of travel advisors. And so for you to have that opportunity was so amazing. Um, how did it feel? Have you seen any impact in your business yet or did it just go out? Yep. So it went out in December and I've gotten, I think, four phone calls already <gasps> from people who, hey, I found you online on this site of the magazine. I'm like, sure, no problem. And then I send them my Calendly link. We schedule, you know, time to chat. And then from there, we either decide if it's a good fit for me. And then I send them my fee and mm -hmm. some have paid it. And then some are like, no, I don't want to pay a fee. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. Bless and read. Yes. It's okay. You know, <laughs> if you ever want to, feel free to reach back out. But I don't work for free. So, um, so yeah, it's been great um, so far. I love that. And that actually leads us into the next question that I wanted yeah. to ask you was your journey with planning fees. Did you, in the last 11 years, always stretch planning fees? No. Did you start? Tell, tell us about that whole journey and what you are now. I had started a little bit before COVID happened, but not very strict. You know, it was definitely weddings. I would charge something up front because sometimes I would have 40, you know, 40 rooms booked out for one to stay in wedding or whatever. And that's a lot that you're doing up front. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> think weddings don't actually happen. You know, I have to spend all that time in there, unfortunately. Um, so I didn't always, but once COVID came, I valued my time. That's time away from my kids. Like you said, time away from my husband and time away from my clients who, you know, really might need assistance or that I want to just put the best itinerary out there for them, which is pretty much, I want to do that for every client. Yeah. They can't waste my time with people who are just, you know, the term is, I guess they say tire kickers where mm -hmm. they're calling to get a quote. I needed it to be more serious and for people to understand that I pride myself in learning about destinations, you know, traveling there, researching. And, you know, if you go to a stylist to ask for a new cut and color, you don't have it done for free. 
No. You'll go to a restaurant and ask to try the newest thing on the menu and then say you're not going to pay or dentist or whatever. So why were we working for free? I didn't understand that concept. When I first started 11 years ago, obviously, I felt like I just took anybody and anyone, whatever they wanted to do, because I was trying to get my business up and running. But especially once you're established, know that that's your self-worth. You've earned that. There's no reason why people shouldn't be paying you for your knowledge and your economy. But what do you say then to the, tra- I agree with you, but what do you say then to the travel advisors who are like, yeah, but we get paid commission. But what happens if the client decides not to book with you or they cancel and then there goes your commission because you're not getting the commission because they didn't travel. So think about how much time you're putting into an itinerary or quotes that you're working on for a client. Yeah. I think that are free, then where's your worth? Like, you know, because sometimes when we go on fam trips or, you know, even trips on our own or conferences or whatever, we pay for those. A lot of them yeah. are not free. So take that as part of your education that, you know, you're having business expenses when you travel. Why not charge a fee? Because now you're knowledgeable and you're more experienced. Yeah. And I always say that whole commission argument, that commission is paid from the supplier to you mm-hmm. for selling them. Right. Your client and you have a completely different business arrangement. Your arrangement, you have an arrangement with the with the supplier that you will do certain things, collect certain information, document certain things, prepare documentation, prepare your client. But that's the arrangement that you have with the supplier. Mm-hmm. You have two business contracts. You have one with the supplier and one with the client. So that means that those who are not charging fees are literally just working for their clients for free. And then, like you said, if they cancel, then you've earned nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one day I had put a quote together for a friend, oddly enough, some of his friends and family are the worst. And it Always, was not sometimes several hours. Um, and then she's like, oh, I just decided to book it myself online. I didn't want to wait and didn't give me the knowledge or the phone call or whatever. And I was like, I just wasted time out of my afternoon that I could have been putting back into my business or with my family or friends that I now have wasted and not got you know didn't get paid for so yeah and it got very frustrating yeah and if you'd have charged her a planning fee and she'd have decided not to book with you that's not a bad thing because you got paid for the planning and then as I lit the itinerary that wrote that you used all of your expertise and your knowledge and everything mm-hmm. and you got compensated for that if you'd have charged a planning fee what did you can we share with me what what were you charging in the beginning and where are you at now what kind what kind of fees do you charge yeah, so I charge a flat fee for everything. Um, okay, cool. Depending on, well, so if it's destination weddings and honeymoons, it's up to 500 now. It starts at 500 and goes up. If it's regular, just trip, you know, it's 150 Now, if I have to make several modifications or you come to me and you completely change the destination, we're starting over. Like, I'm, you know, I've um, put in time for something that you had originally asked for. Now you've changed your mind. It doesn't work that way. But I've had clients even reach out where they've booked their own hotel and flights and they just need help with tours putting that itinerary together, transfers, my opinion on Paris. I've done several conference calls this week with, hey, I want to do this in Paris. I've already booked this, but I need your assistance. I still send them my fee. It's 150 and I'll help them with their tours, transfer. So guide them with their itinerary and everything that they've picked out or give them suggestions based off things that they've told me they're interested in. And then I upload everything to the online app that they can use while traveling. I love that. And I, you and I briefly spoke before the episode and I told you that I'd interviewed another travel advisor for a different episode and this whole concept of design uh, itinerary only itinerary design only itinerary design only 
concept came up and I I love it. I've coined this little phrase. It's mine. I'm going to keep it from <laughs> from touchdown to takeoff, what you can do in between. And it's yeah. basically like people are coming having already booked their flights. And I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that because that deals are so hard to find now. It's like yeah. if you see it and it's good, grab it because it's, it's not going to go down later. And even if it did go down, there are things that you can do about that. We all know you can reach out to the airline if it goes down. Same booking class, same dates. But I love this concept of designing itinerary only for people who have already booked flights, especially for travel advisors who don't book flights. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that, like, what does that actually look like? If someone reached out and was like, Amy, I've already booked my flight, then you maybe do or don't have accommodation. Or say, for example, they booked all their flights, they're like, I'm going from this date to this date. How do you then prepare an itinerary? Do you, is it exactly the same as if you were going to book them? Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, I have several on my books right now where they've already booked their flights or flight and hotel, and I'm just either doing tours or rental cars or, you know, mapping the itinerary out for them daily. But yeah, I always have a, a call with them because I want to know a little bit more about things that they're interested in. I send them a city guide before we have our call just to kind of give them ideas that's what's available in that city because maybe there's something on there that really interests them they didn't even know existed. You know, so I send them my city guides and then we have a phone call. And I, even if it's like the other night I had one, it was mom, dad, and two girls. One's 12 and one's 14. And the mom goes, well, you want my, the girls on the phone? Yeah, I want them on the phone. I want to know what interests them. And one of the little girls, she's interested in baking and the other one's interested in fashion. And so I had suggested, because they're going to Paris for one of the first stops, I said, well, what about a perfume making class or a macaroon making class or something like that? And he goes, I didn't even know those existed. And I'm like, let's get it on the books. So I sent them the link, you know, for the tour so we can schedule it. Um, so the call is basically about asking things that interest the interest them. And I always tell people when you're traveling, you know, no matter if it's two people, three people or what, I feel like having something on the books that you picked out that interested you makes the trip so much more to look forward to, you know, and exciting because yeah, everybody, you know, might have the same interests, go see the Eiffel Tower, go see the Louvre, whatever. But when you have that one experience for you, you, you can't that anywhere else. I mean, you're, yeah, you know, I love what you said. Like, it could literally be like the protein making or the macro making class that's literally like a two hour experience in a 10 day vacation. Yeah. But for a person, a child, or an adult to know, hey, we're all doing this because I wanted to do it. Right. Yeah. How so much more special can they feel? That is so cool. How much more special can you feel? I really like that. Um, we so travel. Everybody's snack is about Houston, but yeah. Something's funny to get like, this snack is for you. And he's like, yes. We are at that phase for a while. We're moving on up now that Sydney's a, of course, MS-16. Yeah. So that's a whole different ballgame. But, um, but you know, it's... Yeah. Um, meet with them. And then you put together an itinerary based on their options. Tell me about, like, the actual booking, though. Do you give them the names of the tour operators or the places to go book themselves or do you there's a couple yeah there's a couple companies i book tours with um so one of them allows them the link and then they can book it directly so they can pick out their day and time but we've already kind of gone over their itinerary because you know we'll use paris for example you can't book something in montmartre and then something down in montparnay that's an hour apart like you're going to be running from one place to the other on the metro so I kind of get an idea. I send them the, you know, I narrow down the tours that I think they might be interested in. I send them to review and then we go over what they like. And I'm like, okay, 
if you're wanting to be, if this tour is only available on this day, then here's the other tours that you need to kind of do in the same day. So it's the same area. That way they're not running all over the city wasting time. We need to try to put like things together for the same day. Um, now, sometimes it works out. Sometimes, you know, maybe the two tours they picked out, oddly enough, are on opposite ends of the city and that's the only day it's available. But I try to get it as close together as possible. If they book through the link, I still get commission. It sends me an email automatically. Um, and then other tour companies, I do have to reach out and, you know, book it through them or whatever. And they tell me. So I do it two different ways, basically. I'm not going to be mad at not having to book people's flights, Amy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. So, so good. Um, what can you, can you share with me, like maybe what has been the most challenging part for you about running your travel business? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is a business. People don't realize that travel agents are into, a lot of us are independent contractors. We are running our own business. There's no corporate overhead. You're in charge for your licensing, you know, your taxes, everything, the, the ugly stuff behind the scenes you're running. And you're also, um, you know, it's very different when you're online looking for a vacation for yourself versus spending other people's money and time. Uh, you know, when you're having clients that sometimes have an expectation that maybe they don't have the budget to follow. So having those conversations with them. But as a mom, the biggest thing I've struggled with my company is work-life balance. Yeah. Yeah. I actually would have to say that's my biggest struggle as a business owner. Mm -hmm. It is hands down, even with the team, it's my biggest struggle. So tell me more about that. Is it just a feeling of being overwhelmed? Is it dropping the ball? Is it feeling guilt? Like what, what, where does that come in to struggle? Where does it show up? And like, you know, when I first started, well, even after a few years, I had very high goals because I came from corporate and I, you know, I still had it in my mentality where I just wanted to work, work, work and make you know, hit certain numbers because that's what I was used to. Mm -hmm. um, and you can do that in the travel industry. But then I also felt like I wasn't spending time on my family. So then I was having mom guilt, wife guilt. And so for a while, I'd cut it back. And I was like, all right, then this is what I'm, this is the goal I'm going to hit. And maybe it's, I'm not working as many hours or booking as many clients because now I'm spending more family time. Um, you know, and then COVID hit, you completely reevaluate everything, how you live. Um, this year I'm doing very well. I, you know, I'm pretty successful this year. I'm only in 24 days in, but I've already made half what I made last year in sales. So it's, I've been joking, you know, the past two weeks saying it's not wave season, it's tsunami season. Yeah. Um, but with that has came, you know, the lack of attention to my family lately. And so, you know, it's, um, a matter of really taking the time out. You know, we time block our schedules to have conference calls with clients or to do not disturb so we can work on quotes or business things. Mm -hmm. But I think you also have to time block time for yourself, especially if you're a mother, because mm -hmm. we're no good when we're running on empty, like, you know, and, and I'm guilty of it too. Even if it's 10 to 15 minutes a day, you know, just taking that breather to listen to a good song or something to give you like a, in a good spirit, but also time blocking out time for your family. And I yeah. know this sounds funny, but my husband and I had this conversation the other night. He's like, can you add me to your schedule in two weeks? You know, I want to go here on this day. And I mean, it's almost like you're having a scheduled date night or one of your kids. And I know that sounds funny, but my kids are also very busy. Yeah. You know, one place competitive beach volleyball and sending you to play soccer because she's eight. So she's just um, learning. But to time block my family even, but that's how we're going to get our one-on-one -on -one time. And I have to make 
you know, a constant effort when I am on family time, all right, my phone goes on, do not disturb. Unless, mm-hmm. and try not to make my family time if somebody's like, you know, at the airport getting ready to leave and there's storms mm-hmm. happening and I know there's flight delays, that's not a good time to schedule your family yeah. time. So if you have a non-busier day, then, you know, put your family time on your calendar then and turn your phone on, do not disturb. So I feel like we don't talk enough about juggling parenthood and businesses. We almost try to make it look like it's easy because if we try to make it look like it's easy, we're not struggling because if we're struggling, we failed. And I had a really heartbreaking moment. Uh, last week when I was sitting in the living room and it was meant to be family time and I pulled out my computer because it was on the couch and I saw something and it was good news and I was excited and I wanted to reply back and then he still walked over and said Alexa tell my mama to stop working and everyone else laughed who was in the room and I could have cried I literally was so upset because he noticed that we go to Alexa and we ask her like what time is the next meeting what's the temperature outside what is the traffic from here to LAX and so he just he didn't it didn't occur to him to come to me and ask me because he thought she would have the house and I she would tell me and I was like oh my little heart that walks outside my body just tried to tell Alexa to give me more attention and so I'm trying to do the same thing as well. And obviously it's different depending on kids' ages. You said your girls are what, eight and 13? Yes, yeah, so and it'll be 15 in March. So yeah, so eight and 14 right now. So she'll be 15. And she plays, she plays competitive beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of travel with that and a lot of practice. And sometimes the tournaments were traveling out of state, you know, I mean, to Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Florida. Last summer she went to National Championship in Fort Lauderdale. So that took away some of our family vacation time because now we're going down there for that. And it's expensive, you know, at the cost to it. Yeah. Um, and then say, yeah. in gymnastics, it's sometimes four days a week, and gymnastics is one day a week. So there's never a week where we have a day with nothing going on. It's always. So you have um, a routine that you have in the morning. Like, how do you get the kids off to school and do business at the same time? Because I think most business owners wake up and they want to check their email right away. And I, have anthony does the school routine downstairs and i was like today i did it and i was like oh but i've got to check my email because that's what i do every morning so i'm really curious today because i i I can learn from you how do you manage that morning routine because i think that is the craziest well and i'm you know i I work from home so i'm mom i'm going home all the time and my husband has a very crazy work schedule himself so some days he's calm and some days he's not he does try to help if he can or if i tell him the whole time like i've got a lot going on this week you're gonna you know, can you step up? But I consider what's the default parent who does everything and runs the household. Um, so yes, I'm the one who wakes up in the morning, gets the kids up and going. Um, sometimes when Cindy's in the shower, I may quickly check my email, but I'm not responding. I'm just kind of prepping myself mentally for what I'm going to walk into when I come into my office. So um, both kids, you know, our school times are staggered. So I get her to school, come back, then get Emma to high school, come back. Um, and then that's when I can get into my office and get my work going and then I go through my routine checking my emails pretty much try not to work while you're doing the school routine you just glance at it and what your day is going to be yeah I just quickly glance just because I feel like I mentally need to prepare myself which some days I probably shouldn't do that (laughs) yeah it's either gonna be sunshine or gold what music do I need to have on my office when I walk in to set the mood for the day depending on the emails that I receive through the night uh, I'm just going to turn around so I don't have time because she asked school at 7.20. The 
the other leaves for school at 745. So it's like run here, run there, and then I'm back home within an hour time. Oh, wow. I'm sure that there's some kind of a productivity guru that would say, ladies, don't check your emails before you take the kids to school. But I find that when I check my email, I'm not responding like you. I'm opening it to see what kind of category hurricane it could be that day or if it's just going to be a beautiful day. And I feel like on the days where there's things in there that I wasn't expecting that that drive to school and drive back is my thinking time. And it allows me to kind of come up with like my playbook for that day. Like, okay, I didn't realize I was going to have to do this today. And I I really plan to do that. So it's almost like a mental, it's like some quiet time because if I died, if I didn't do the school drive, I would have to dive straight into problem solving Mm -hmm. without the thinking time. So I'm yeah. kind of almost grateful for that opportunity to scan my emails, not respond, and then get in the car. And it's a nine-minute drive there. It's then a 40-minute wrangle to get out of the car and into the classroom because he's right. four, three. Yeah. And then a nine-minute drive back. And I feel like that helped me. But it's, it's yeah. good to know, even just in this small period of time that we've been talking about it, that I'm not the only one doing it. All the moms are doing it. All the dads, all the grandparents who are taking their kids yeah. to school. So... Um, thanks for sharing that. Do you have any, uh, I'll give you the final, final word. I would love to know your advice specifically for a travel advisor who is either not profitable yet, or who is still trying to, trying to get that momentum going in their business. And it's just feeling overwhelming and it's feeling like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to make money doing this? Yeah. I've been there too. I felt the same thing. So I think, you know, a couple of things. Um, you have to do what works for you. What's working for you in your life, in your business, and working for you. You can't compare yourself to everybody else and what they have going on. And I think you've said this before. Once you stop looking around you at what everybody else was doing, you started to grow. And I kind of take on the same concept. Like, once I started stopped comparing myself to everybody else, realizing it wasn't always apples to apples or oranges to oranges, maybe they got, you know... Um, you know, they had their first client that was really uh, a good lead. And then that client decided to take a group. So then they, you know, gained 50 clients from that group or whatever. So maybe they got lucky off the bat or, you know, they just have a different business mentality. But I always joke and say the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's where you take care of the grass and you water and seed it. So think about what works for you in your aspect of business. What are your goals, you know, and stop, start small. You know, you can't go into this expecting to be a million dollar plus seller. If you are great, more props to you. But the reality is you have to, you know, get small things set up in place in order to help make you successful. Mm -hmm. And then we'll also help you sustain being successful and not have a mental break, you know, cap breakdown in your business where, the if your foundation is not strong enough that everything's going to crumble so get everything that you need to in place like learning who your ideal client is or what destinations you want to sell the most of or how much time you want to put into the industry because maybe you are a mom or wife or caretaker of somebody you know or stay-at-home dad i mean whatever you may be you might not have 40 hours to put into your travel business at this time so taking those moments throughout the day that you can and really time blocking and thinking about what's going to be the most impactful to get you to the next step oh I really like that I heard two things specifically I had everything but I there were two things that I loved there one of them was to set your goals because your goals are not going to be the same as someone else's and it was so true if you start out as a part-time travel advisor you're only going to generate part-time income and if you have that expectation 
that I want to make seven figures in sales. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars in profit, but you're only doing it part-time. That's unrealistic. And then also I really, you didn't say these exact words, but what, what I pulled out was about, you know, what you're aiming towards and the process is more important than the progress. And I think that when you start a travel business, and I see this all the time with advisors, like tens of thousands of advisors like this every year, they start off and they don't see the progress, i.e. they don't see the leads coming in or the sales being closed or the commission being paid out. And you and I talked about this before, but commission doesn't get paid until people travel. And if people are looking 12 months in advance, you're not going to see that progress. And so if we have to judge our businesses based on the progress that we're making, that might be a bad way to determine success because in the beginning, there are so many processes that have to get set up. Like you said, to have that foundation so that things don't crack when your progress starts to happen. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I see people stretch themselves too thin. They feel like they have to have posts on every social media and then have their website and a gorgeous elaborate website up and then they need an email list and they get in and they get so overwhelmed that they either are like this isn't for me or they're not successful and it's like pick one thing and conquer it so maybe it's you focus on posting on you know instagram and facebook because sometimes you can do those together at the same time or focus on a one like i only have a one page website my my website is not this full-blown website. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a tech person. I don't know the behind the scenes and it works for me. And I use a, cal- a Calendly link to schedule appointments. So having just a couple small things in place helps keep me organized and efficient so that I can be the best I can for my clients. Oh. If I was on eight different social media platforms or doing blogs and then uploading videos and all this stuff, I would never be booking trips, you know, so think about what can you outsource if you can afford to outsource mm-hmm. and what can you do on your own that's going to impact you at that time. I love that. I love that. Best advice given by a mama. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I know that if you're understanding, oh my gosh, anytime and over and over again, whether or not you heard about Amy's sort of balancing as a parent and how she does that or maybe it was the planning fees that she talked about that really made you think you know what yes I also need to do the same thing or maybe it was the fact that it's her second career like that she completely changed careers whatever you picked up from Amy's words today one thing that I want you to do if you're listening is to say to yourself okay well I picked that up that resonated with me and now ask yourself what can I do what can I do in my business do I need to just sit and marinate on this for 30 minutes quiet time can I implement something can I maybe morning times are hectic and crazy in your household and you're going to do what Amy and I do you're just going to give that a go because maybe it will maybe it won't work for you maybe you'll just say you know what I'm going to check my email but I'm not going to respond to a single email until the kids have gone to school and I'm going to use the school drive to let it all sit and think about it whatever it is that you picked up from Amy today do something with it uh, no matter how small it is Amy thank you so much for coming on the podcast Thank you.